the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. The tourists who'd come to see the Mother of Parliaments ended up running away from it. Their panic explained by the sound of gunshots. For hours, Parliament was placed in lockdown, emergency vehicles blocking all roads. An air ambulance arrived to collect casualties. The security services had told us there'd been many close calls before, but this was the day the terror threat arrived at Westminster and even entered its grounds. Here, a police officer throws a bag of emergency supplies over the fence, for inside the grounds, medics are desperately trying to help another officer who's been stabbed. A second person seen here being treated on the left of this picture is believed to be the attacker who's been shot by the police. Armed officers entered the Palace of Westminster. MPs and lords were being ordered to remain inside, but some ran out. We ran out of the building, but we, got, we were all getting stuck in the doors, so we had to get the doors open, and I think they locked the doors to try and keep us in. But we had to get out because we thought there was somebody... We didn't know what had happened. We just knew that the shots had been fired. Get back! These pictures were filmed by an MP in the tunnel that links Parliament with the politicians' offices across the road in Portcullis House. But the stabbing and shooting were just part of this horrifying event. On Westminster Bridge, there is a trail of carnage. A car has mounted the pavement, deliberately mowing down pedestrians as it headed for the Houses of Parliament. The injured are scattered where they were knocked down. There are multiple casualties. There were people on the ground on the far side of the bridge from one end to the other. The car reached the perimeter of Parliament before crashing into railings. In this image, there is still smoke coming from its engine. Tourists mill around it. The police haven't yet arrived. They are soon on the scene, though, along with ambulance crews to ferry away the victims. It's been confirmed two people died on the bridge. Others, according to hospital officials, have catastrophic... Well, good morning, everyone. Um, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Let Us Reason. Uh, in fact, it's just a, a uh, I would like to call it a special uh, episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. And uh, uh, basically, from the video you just heard, um, we are going to talk today about this recent terror attack in London. 
And I wanted to uh, basically uh, take advantage of the fact that uh, we have some data, some information about this attack and the identity of the attacker and also the association with ISIS. So we will be airing it today uh, in lieu of our series with Brother Sam Shimon, which we will postpone until next week, basically, uh, given the gravity of this. But um, here we are again. Uh, That's basically uh, what's going on here. Uh, Another attack by ISIS, uh, just to show you that this terror group is uh, not done. And uh, by any stretch of an imagination, if you think defeating ISIS in Iraq and in Syria will eliminate the problem, uh, you obviously not paying attention to anything we've been talking about related to the impact of Islamic extremism uh, in recruiting those who have this tendency, basically, to become more and more devout. And uh, we are going to cover, basically, today uh, this uh, attack and many of the factors contributing to it. So we're going to talk a little bit about Britain. And here's what's going on in Britain. That's where the attack took place by an attacker who was actually a British-born citizen uh, from a Muslim background. Uh, The name uh, is Khalid Mansour. And uh, he was uh, 52 years of age. But despite the fact that he's born there, he still was radicalized, becoming a Muslim extremist fundamentalist, and carried out basically a jihad attack according to his own understanding of what the Quran basically is teaching. For instance, if we want to revisit some of those passages in the Quran, which I covered multiple times, in fact, you can go even to our first season, we covered a couple of shows just discussing violent in the Quran. You have a chapter, chapter 2 of the Quran, verses 191 to 193, for instance, says, and kill them wherever you find them. Here is a command, direct command to those Muslims, basically, who become more and more religious to kill not just Christians, not just Jews, anybody, including even mediocre Muslims who do not ascribe to the so-called fundamentalist, uh, basically, ideology. Uh, Here is another command, uh, chapter 2, verse 244, then fight in the cause of Allah. Notice the fighting is always in the cause of God, basically. Therefore, you will receive your rewards in heaven. I have no doubt that this particular um, attacker yesterday, uh, in his mind, he was thinking that he's going to celebrate the 72 virgins in heaven any minute now. Uh, He didn't care about being killed or not, simply because he was being obedient to the commands in the Quran. Chapter 2, verse 216, fighting is prescribed for you. Notice, it is a prescribed command. It's not a descriptive command about what happened in the past. It's a prescribed command to carry on attacks now. That's what ISIS is doing. This is why I called it the ISIS phenomena. You can remove ISIS. You can change the name. Call them whatever you want. The phenomena will always exist. Therefore, eliminating those attacks would not happen by counterterrorism. It will happen by dealing with the real issue, and that's the issue of the teaching itself. And of course, as believers, we really have to look at it from a different angle. Now, if we look at the population of Muslims in Britain, 
Uh, by the end of 2013, the population became 3.3 million. That's equivalent to 5.2% of overall the population of Britain, which is 63 million. Now, the reason why this population continues to grow, there are a number of factors that are taking place, basically. In fact, the trajectory is that uh, they will become probably a very large minority as we approach uh, 2030, and the aging population, basically, in Britain is in decline. And at the same time, one-tenth, one-tenth of the Muslim population is under the age of five, which means the potential for growth, the potential for increasing the Islamic uh, population is extremely uh, viable, uh, basically. And uh, a number of the reasons why uh, there is a decline uh, in terms of uh, the population of Britain, for instance, versus the population of Muslims in Britain, uh, you know, one of those factors have to do with the economic policies. They're more favoring to minorities than to the people or the population, uh, the natives themselves. There is also this push for feminism and going to business and working uh, versus focusing on marriage and building a family. Uh, the idea uh, that a uh, basically uh, a no need to have children is growing rapidly in Europe, and Britain is no exception. I mean, I can go on and on and on with so many Uh, factors here, but uh, we are going to go back again to this idea that ISIS is still able to inspire what the media likes to call lone wolves. By the way, I want to point something out to you. If this guy was a lone wolf, as the media likes to point it out, then why did they arrest eight others overnight based on counterterrorism intelligence? If he was a lone wolf, what is the connection between him and the other eight that just been arrested in connection to this attack? So one other factor I can add here myself in terms of why these attacks are on the rise is the fact that we have a media that is living in La La Land and doesn't want to really call it as it is. And we have also... People that unfortunately cannot understand that there is an ideology, even majority of Muslims, let's say, do not like it. Yet there is a minority of the Muslim population who are continuously uh, continuously pushing for this jihadi ideology because they truly believe that Islam is a universalist religion, a universal uh, religion, a religion that has to be pushed everywhere and utilizing any means possible. And of course, towards the end of the show today, I'm going to counter this by how the church is failing and failing miserably to counter spiritually the uh, religious push by the Muslim minorities. But before we do this, uh, let's listen to uh, clip number two as it continues to give us news related to this attack and how it's unfolding. This is an ABC News special report. 
Hey, good morning. I'm Tom Yamas. We're following some breaking news out of London right now where there has been some type of firearm or shooting incident outside the House of Parliament in London. Lama Hassan is working this story for us right now from our London Bureau. Lama, what are you hearing so far? Well, Tom, this is breaking right now. The situation is still unfolding. Here's what we know at this hour. Several reports coming in that a man has been shot outside the Houses of Parliament. And according to these reports, the man appeared to be wielding a knife. Some other eyewitness reports coming in to us saying that at least five people have been mowed down by a car. The entire area is on lockdown. A security perimeter has been put in place. Police moving in quickly to try to secure the area. At least one air ambulance ambulance helicopter uh, has landed in Parliament Square in the area. We understand that Scotland Yard is saying an incident is unfolding, calling it a firearms incident at Westminster Bridge uh, in, uh, in this investigation. This is, of course, quite early in, on in the investigation, Tom. Right, and this comes at a heightened sense of a terror alert in various parts of Europe, including Paris and London and Brussels, of course. If you're just tuning in right now, we're following breaking news out of London right now, as you can see. A very chaotic and massive scene. There are ambulances all over the House of Parliament right now where we understand there's been some type of shooting incident. We, I understand we have an eyewitness to what happened on the phone right now, right outside there uh, by the House of Parliament. And if you could talk to us right now and tell us what's going on. Hello, yes, I'm a political correspondent for a newspaper in Westminster. And we were sitting at our desks, which overlook um, the garden below Big Ben. And we heard a very, very loud bang and lots of screaming and commotion. And then after a short interval, um, several gunshots. And there's obviously lots of armed police always in Westminster. And they were uh, rushing across what's called New Palace Yard below Big Ben, which is very much inside. Once again, thank you uh, for joining us today uh, in a special uh, episode of Let Us Reason. Uh, we are talking today about the uh, recent uh, terror attack in London that took place at uh, Westminster uh, by the Parliament and also by the bridge over there, a tourist area. Uh, and sadly, of course, uh, five people uh, uh, reportedly dead. That includes the gunman. Uh, uh, or I should say the uh, the attacker uh, who basically uh, plowed through uh, uh, in a traffic through people over the bridge and then uh, slammed uh, his vehicle into the gate to the parliament and then went and stabbed one of the police officers who unfortunately wasn't armed because they are not armed, which uh, baffles me, to be honest with you. Uh, how can he be a guard on... Uh, a parliament uh, guard uh, without any weapons. Uh, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Back again to uh, the teaching uh, that will inspire someone like uh, this attacker who was identified as Khalid Mansour, who is a British-born but obviously a practicing Muslim. The reason why uh, he's inspired because of passages as the ones I'm going to read to you. In chapter 3 of the Quran, verse 56, it says, As to those who reject faith... I will punish them with terrible agony in this world and in the hereafter, okay? Nor will they have any to help. So there are two classes of people, people who accept the faith of Islam and become obedient and know that uh, fighting is prescribed for them. And there are those who reject faith. And I would tell you people like ISIS will say today that the rejectors of the faith include fake Muslims, okay? And then chapter 3, verse 151, it says, Soon. Shall we cast terror into the hearts of the unbelievers? Okay. 
Notice why? For they, uh, for that they joined companions with Allah, meaning that they worship others, basically, for which he had sent no authority. In other words, they are not following the authority of God. In chapter 4, verse 74, it says, Let those fight in the way of Allah who sell the life of this world for the other, whose fight in the way, uh, uh, those who fight in the way of Allah uh, and, and get slain or become victorious, uh, there is vast rewards that awaits them, basically. And then in chapter 4, verse 76, it says, those who believe fight in the cause of Allah. And you'll find this phrase over and over and over and over again. So, we have a group that basically truly ascribes to this. That's why you have waves of those terrorist attacks coming in, uh, basically, and happening all the time, inspired by Al-Qaeda, inspired by Al-Shabaab, inspired by ISIS. Uh, uh, you call it whatever you want. The ideology is there. The phenomena will always exist. The tools and the fuel for the phenomena are coming out of the pages of the Quran itself. Now, Add other factors. Why, for instance, is Islam flourishing uh, in Europe and especially in Britain? Why would someone who is a British-born like Khalid Mansour, who did the attack uh, uh, this week, uh, would he be inspired uh, to do this attack when he's born there, lived there, have all the liberty and the freedom, basically, that uh, uh, others are entitled to uh, in Britain? Well, uh, we look uh, at a number of factors, and, and uh, the reason why, for instance, is the uh, Islamic growth is astronomical, basically, in Britain, is attributed to a number of factors. For instance, uh, you have the idea that uh, families are successfully retaining their faith and perpetuating that to the next generation. In fact, about 77% of those who are actively practicing Muslim families in the UK are successful in retaining that. In contrast, of course, to the remaining 29% um, who are, um, uh, and I should say in in contrast to about 29% who are actively practicing Christian households who are able to retain uh, that faith into uh, their family. Uh, there is also a research uh, that was done by the Pew Forum, estimated that the total number of the UK Muslims is about 2.9 million uh, today, 4.6%, doubled from uh, 2001 when it used to be 2.8%. In fact, there is also another disturbing uh, factors. Uh, Faith Matters, uh, which is a multi-faith group, studied the frequency of convergence to Islam, and the research has discovered that about from 2001 until 2010, 80%, okay, the number of British converts rose from 60,000 to 100,000. In other words, there is an increase of about 80% in the number of converts. Now, why would anyone convert to Islam? Well, obviously, because they are being misled. That's number one. Number two, because Islam is very active. It's a religion that is always provo- uh, provoking others to, uh, to make comparisons and uh, a religion that is basically very bold when it comes to sharing 
its doctrinal beliefs. Uh, the, you add to that that the families are able and successful in retaining the faith and passing it on to their next generations. All of this in addition to the fact that Muslim children, uh, children uh, are busy not only going to state schools, but also studying their religion and going to Islamic activities, learning how to defend their faith, and so on and so forth. Now, let's compare this, for instance, to um, Christianity. For instance, in Christianity, I doubt that we are as bold as the Muslims. I find that many people, unfortunately, are uh, basically bashful about sharing their faith, as if we are ashamed of the gospel. And add to that, you have movements like the insider movement who wants to water down the gospel, water down the word of God, because it's, uh, they don't want it to be offensive uh, to the Muslim person. And then add to the fact that the propaganda Islam brings that the West is Christian, and therefore the corruption in the West is a reflection on Christianity, and therefore able to convert masses of females in Europe and in the UK and here in the U.S., by utilizing this propaganda that Islam will protect you, you protect your beauty, versus Christianity will corrupt you and will lead you into becoming a drunkard and uh, alcoholic and utilizing drugs and uh, giving uh, away your body to sex and so many other things. Okay, so there is a battle related to morality here. And in addition to this, um, uh, there is the uh, uh, teachings that are uh, inspired by groups like ISIS to uh, send this message that Islam is a religion that is on the move, that there is an ultimate goal for this religion to become a dominant religion, and therefore that we as Muslims in the community must do whatever it takes to popularize our religion. Not to mention, of course, in the multiculturalism that created these segregated areas. For instance, uh, there is a, an area uh, in, uh, uh, in England, for instance, you have Birmingham, and you have other areas as well. One of them is called Sparkbrook, uh, an entire area basically that is about maybe one or two homes left that are non-Muslim anymore. I mean, in the last 40 years, Islam took over in the entire community. And out of that particular neighborhood, 26 out of the uh, 200 and uh, plus attacks, terror attacks that took place, 26 um, uh, basically uh, uh, came from that neighborhood, or perpetrators, I should say, came from that neighborhood. Why? Because Islam maintains, basically, its cultural identity. The idea that also Muslims grow in community, a corporal, basically, um, emphasis on corporal uh, communities and relationship becomes very important. So if someone wants to leave Islam, uh, that means they have to leave everything, not just leaving a religion, for instance. So all of this, of course, leads to a travesty, and that's the fact that the church have failed and have failed miserably. And here are some of the questions that we as a church, are to ask ourselves: Are we doing as good a job as the Muslims in showing the communal nature of the Christian faith? Do we also prioritize evangelism as the Muslims do? 
Are we doing as good a job as the Muslims in proclaiming the totalizing nature of our faith in Christ, showing that the Christian faith affects every department of life? Are we showing our young people that faith is not just true, but wonderful, and we have a responsibility to learn and grow? Is there a noticeable difference between the lifestyle of Christians and those in the world are we the light to those who are around us? And most importantly, are we as a church capitalizing the fact that God is moving Muslims to our neighborhood, bringing them as refugees or students or immigrants, and are we building those relationships with them and helping them see that Christianity is the answer, not radicalization? Unfortunately, I can tell you that the church gets a D minus based on my own ministry and my own engagement with the church. My prayer is that the church will rise and realize that you cannot depend on governments, but you can depend on God, who is the one who appoints government and who is the true king that we follow. Thank you for listening to us today. Um, if you've been uh, joining us, this is uh, Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and you can always go to our website, Sira with a C, C as in Charlie, C I R A International.com. And of course, watch our videos, track us, uh, basically uh, like us on Facebook, and at the same time, uh, listen to all of our previous archive shows. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.